Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, anyone vested in the world of education. I'm Erin Barnes, host of the show, and today's co-host, you know, I haven't had much interaction with her, but the interaction I have had has been immediately um, charged with, I don't know, awesomeness. Uh, I I threw something out in our internal communication system that says, does anybody want to talk about this? And I got a maybe, and I got, uh, I might be available, but this person said, let's do this, win. And then we got on here and we had a whole nother conversation before we even started this conversation. So Emily, welcome to the show. Uh, I, Thank you. I'm already a big fan of yours. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start. I start every uh, episode with like, who are you um, as the person? And then what's your role in Epic? What, what do you do here? Um, who am I? Well, I am an educator. I'm a special education principal for Epic. Um, I This is my second year as a principal. Uh, Before that, I was a teacher, a special ed teacher, um, and I've been a special educator for 10 years. Um, I noticed when I was about three years into special education that I did not have enough training to deal with some of the cycles of trauma I was seeing in my uh, program in my school. And so I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree and um, heavily focused on mental health and um, trauma but I ended up getting my master's in educational leadership and landed uh, as a principal at Epic. So that's how I got here. And most of my career has been focused on trauma and um, behavior interventions. That is awesome. I I love that. So a lot of people, when they go to grad school, it's so that they can level up, get the next job. You're like, I need more training. Let's do this. And you went for it. Um, I just, I like where your priorities are there. Yes, Um, thank you. So we're talking today about growth mindset and vulnerability. I had last year, I had um, this gal, Kristen Ashley, on the uh, podcast, and we were going to talk about the same subject, but really it it came down to vulnerability and we we kind of bypassed growth mindset completely. And uh, she is a counselor for Norman. And so if you want to hear more about vulnerability, like you can go there. We're going to talk about it today, but... um, uh, just a, the little caveat there. We've, we've done this before. People are like, uh, you're repeating an episode sometimes, but uh, it, it's not necessarily a repeat. So growth mindset, uh, what is it to you? Growth mindset is based on science done by Carol Dweck that opens the door to our understanding as educators about how humans learn. It is a shift in the way we see the world that happens when we are socially and emotionally safe. Mm. Wow. So a couple of things have to be in place first. You have to feel socially safe, emotionally safe, and then you can really find yourself in a place to grow. We we do all kinds of studies, all kinds of uh, research on trauma and ACEs and, and not just that, but like mental health too. And so those are two very large components that kind of hinder growth mindset in a lot of ways. Yes. How do you teach growth mindset when there may have been early trauma or 
if there's a, a, a mental or an emotional imbalance in a kiddo? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question because um, it's, you know, oftentimes it's not talked about when we talk about growth mindset, the prevalence of a fixed mindset or the opposite of a growth mindset in kids who've experienced trauma. So that's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about growth mindset, because I noticed right away that I would get kids as young as like first or second grade in my special ed program with an extremely fixed and toxic mindset um, that completely eliminated their ability to learn because they were so terrified of making a mistake. And, and for whatever reason that is, whether or not, whether it was something connected to their trauma, their, um, you know, feeling unsafe in a situation socially, emotionally, through relationships or whatever, they felt like it was never, ever okay for them to make a mistake. And so learning was just a, a stressful process for them because in order to learn, based on Carol Dweck's research and what we know now, um, we have to be able to make mistakes in order to push ourselves, in order to grow we have to be comfortable and safe making mistakes. And so I would say the, the most important thing is that a kid comes to you and feels that they can be safe with you. I feel like that was the first, I had to focus everything I did on just building a relationship and a trusting uh, connection with that person before I could ever get started on the academic part of learning. That's, I mean, so wild and, and think about just the time you lose. And I say that um, as an educator who has a pacing schedule in front of me, who has you know, goals to hit, who's got check marks to put in boxes, like, wow, okay, we're going to work on the whole kid here for a minute. And, and that might set me back some time because you can't really push a kid who's, who's sitting in that uh, fixed mindset if you don't have a relationship with them or else it's just going to be, you know, uh, a dictatorship and, and right. it's not gonna, there's not going to be any uh, personal connection to the kiddo. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. So what kind of qualities um, are found in people that uh, have growth mindset that, that um, take their, um, that, that are beyond fixed, that, that are ready to develop, what kind of qualities or traits do you find in a person who has this growth mindset? I mean, we've already talked about the mental and, uh, I mean, the emotional and um, the trauma side, but what other kind of traits or qualities do you find in a kiddo uh, or anybody who's got a real great grasp of growth mindset? Well, when we have a growth mindset, we're able to be vulnerable with our imperfections and failures. Um, we recognize that our self-worth is not dependent on whether or not we make mistakes or do a task well or a job well. Um, we are in a, uh, in, a, in a mindset or in a paradigm where we feel like um, it's safe for us to try something that we've never done before and potentially fail, not knowing what's going to happen if we try this and things don't go the way we, ex we are expecting. Um, and that can be as simple as, you know, learning a sport or learning how to write. Um, just the act of handwriting for some kids is extremely stressful because they're afraid if it's not perfect immediately that they are doing something wrong, that their self-worth is connected to whatever product they produced on that paper. And, and it's, um, it, it shuts their brain down and it keeps them from being able to learn. It can contribute to anxiety and it can 
um, lead to, you know, behavior issues and other problems that in, impede learning. And so just really when we have, when, and that happens in adulthood as well for many of us. Um, and, and people can have a growth mindset about some things and a really fixed mindset about other things. So an example of that is math for me as a young girl. I was just kind of encouraged that I probably wasn't going to be good at math. My parents said, my mom said, well, I wasn't good at math. So it's fine that you're not good at math. And my math teacher was like, girls probably aren't going to be as good at math as boys are at math. And I wasn't good at math because it did not come easy to me. So um, all through school, every time I tried some math and failed, all that did was just reiterate, see, I know I'm not good at math. I told you I'm not good at math. Yeah, you're trying to make me do math. Well, I'm not going to be good at it. And and so it was really hard for me to learn. I never learned because I wasn't really open to being good at math until I decided I wanted to become a teacher. Man. And and I was good at other things. I had growth mindset in other areas, but when it came to math, I would shut down. And um and because I wanted it so bad, I had to work really hard and my kids remember crying and, you know, the stress and, and being vulnerable and being willing to go to people and be like, I don't understand this. Can you help me? And, um, but what I figured out, especially when I applied for grad graduate school and I had to take the GRD, which is really heavy and quantitative and math. Um, I'm actually pretty good at math when I try and fail and try again and learn. And, and so that I had to work really hard throughout my life to develop a growth mindset in just one area. Okay. You just brought up so many things that I was like trying to take notes on the side so that I'd remember what I wanted to say, because you know, I've got ADHD, which just so you know, I found out last year I have ADHD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of adult women <laughs> who are like, what? Oh yeah. This explains me. Yes. So a uh, couple of things, the GRE. When I went to grad school, I literally researched every school within driving distance that I did not have to take the GRE to get yeah. into grad school because of the math. Um, so there you go. I haven't taken the GRE and it's, it's quite literally the stumbling block to starting the next step at this point. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, because I, I don't feel finished, which so Emily, I don't know how much you know about me, but like in fourth grade, I was diagnosed LD. And for math and reading, they sent me down the hall and I had to go to special class. And I sat in a room um, with kids that had uh, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome. They looked, they had the look of special education. And I know that sounds horrible, right? But I just remember thinking, I don't belong here. Like, I don't understand and now everybody knows that I'm down here and I have, you know, the door was always open. So kids would walk by. And in fourth grade, it was just almost more than I could take as a person um, knowing what everybody thought of me, because that's what I thought of me. And so here we are. Um, my oldest was in fifth grade. She's now a ninth grader. So almost four years ago, I'm trying to figure out like, what the heck is up with this? She had her own podcast. We started um, a podcast for her called Navigating Fifth Grade. And we had teachers that were writing in regularly. Oh my gosh, now I can see into the mind of a fifth grader. Oh my gosh, this is what my kids think about this. You know, she had these teachers writing into her and, um, 
And it was really overwhelming. Like, I know she's smart. She's got the, the conversational style of an adult, but she cannot pass any test that's put in front of her, no matter how much we study. Um, when we were doing map testing, she was uh, pre-K through second grade, 99th percentile. Um, she was in gifted and talented, all kinds of things. And then in third grade, she dropped to 40th. And in fourth grade, she dropped to like 20th percentile. And in fifth grade, she's in the teens in the beginning and single digits at the end. And I just kept thinking, what on earth? Well, uh, our then special ed director, Tamara Schrick, was like, hey, look at this website, dyslexia. And I was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. she's smart. She's never t- turned letters around. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And it turns out she's dyslexic. Flash forward a little more um, over this last school year, my youngest is now um, got just, I mean, she'll cry at the drop of a hat during doing school and she's so smart and she wants to be a surgeon. And like, I'm trying to figure out like, you can't cry, you know, and as a parent, if I'm educating other kids, I would never say the things that I say to my own kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yes, I do. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, you can't be a surgeon and be a crybaby. I don't think I said it that bad, but it's probably exactly what she felt. You know, I think back to fourth grade Aaron. And if somebody had said that to me, I'm just like, how dare you, you know? And um, as we're going through her RTI process, it looks like she's got OCD. And do you want to know where they found it in her handwriting? And so she's, you know, about to go into evaluation later this week. But I was just like, what on earth in her handwriting? You see OCD like and then Emily light bulbs are turning on for me. What all the things that she's turned into rituals? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like. I, you know, I'm I'm an educator. I have been for 17 years. Why didn't I see this? And so anyway, that's that. I can relate to all of that. And I think that just speaks for how much you personally understand the importance of vulnerability, growth mindset, self-esteem, how that's impacted by what other people expect or think of us, especially in education. Yeah, that's heavy stuff. And it can make or break. It can completely change your path moving forward. Oh, I was a high school dropout. I mean, wow. I, uh, I quit school. Um, I started cheating because, you know, in, in elementary school, you go down to the resource room or the special ed room. And they're really good at giving you the answers. And so yeah. fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, the answers were pretty much handed to me. In seventh grade, there was no resource room. I was mainstreamed. Uh, I didn't even know what that meant, but I was just so happy to be back in regular classes. Right. And um, I knew nothing about the math. So I started cheating. And seventh through uh, 12th grade, I cheated in math. And in 12th grade, uh, in 10th grade, no, uh, right before 11th grade, they switched me from Bartlesville. It was a smaller community to, I'm at Union High School, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I see new kids in the hallway every single day. And they come and they're like, hey, we're going to need you to come back next year and take geometry and algebra two. And I was like, nope. That's not good. Yeah, and nobody could have told 18-year-old Emily to come back to high school. Yeah. Nobody. Peace out, friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even finish that year because I wasn't coming back next year. That's for sure. I just think um, internal dialoguing, the, the, the conversation I have with myself so regularly decides whether or not I'm going to embrace a challenge or shut down at a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I 
when I was hired at Epic, I quickly realized I'm going to have to teach middle school and high school math. I went through Khan Academy and started the world of math. I started at kindergarten and worked my way through algebra one and half of geometry before I moved up. And um, it's, it's one of the things like I'm super proud of is that like Mm -hmm. I went back and I did it anyway, even though anyway, you know, when I passed college algebra after tears and calluses from pencils and all of that, my husband said, see, you're smarter than you think you are. And I said, no, that's not what that is. I'm determined. Yes. I was determined. That's what it was. It was a growth mindset. I finally decided it's not about whether or not I'm smart and this is easy for me. It's about the fact that I have to get it done. So however long it takes, however hard I have to work, I'm going to learn how to do this algebra. And I did. And and now I'm, I love it. And I have taught algebra and I have found it to be extraordinarily rewarding. And, and I look at that myself as well as like a source of self-esteem. And, and I'm very proud of that accomplishment because I overcame a lot of mental stuff, um, social stuff and, and things that are unseen, but quite powerful. So I've got an example of all of this in reverse though. Um, having an internal dialogue that says you're better than that. You're great. And then having a fixed mindset when it came to having to change my processes because I was, I was getting awards and accolades for being awesome. And so then I had this song that I play um, on the way to school And this is going to, here I am. I'm going to be vulnerable right now. So you guys can go and look up. I am the greatest man that ever lived by Weezer. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. And I would play this song and it would pump me up. And I just remember like I was on top of my game. But then uh, at, at work, I was being met with this adversity. Like, why are you doing, we're doing it this way. And I was like, no, 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 I've, I've gotten accolades. Don't worry about that. Do you know I, who I am? I'm sorry. I'm Aaron Burns. Step aside. Well, <laughs> right. And so I remember though um, being told, "Hey, you need to have some humility." And I was like, "Oh, listen, my whole upbringing is humility." So I didn't understand until I did, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, you are not the greatest man that ever lived." Yeah, and it's good to give yourself some some credit and some self-esteem, but that's why my husband was telling me before I came on this podcast, don't get a big head because he knows, he knows how it can go. Oh man. Sorry. I, like I said, I chase squirrels. I apologize. This was not in the show notes. You people listening. This is just uh, extra. This is way more fun than I expected it to be. So you're (laughs) totally fine. Keep doing you. I love it. Okay. So how can a teacher or a parent foster, um, and begin changing the internal dialogue and changing the process for a kiddo to help them develop growth mindset. Okay. So first and foremost, and this is just the most important thing, kids, people in general cannot have a growth mindset in an environment where we will be punished for mistakes. Oh my gosh. Say that again. People do not have a growth mindset. They cannot develop a growth mindset in an environment where they will be punished for mistakes. And that is the bottom line from an education standpoint. And it can get pretty heavy and deep because a punishment is a grade. 
a punishment is a disappointment. Um, and and our and academic world is full of those types of punishments. I'm disappointed in you. I know you could have done better. You didn't try your hardest. This is, um, you know, not what I expected. You're a straight A student. Why are you doing this? Um, and it can get worse. It can be much worse, as um, you were talking about earlier, just with, you know, parents can be really harsh and say things like, you know, this is, this is unacceptable. You can't, this is, you're, you're never going to achieve your dreams. And, you know, and we can, as parents, let our fears um, make us really emotional about how we expect our kids to produce academically perfect work. Um, because it, we look at that and we see their future. Um, and so we sometimes think, well, we have to push, 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 push. But really, um, and that's true. Kids need encouragement. They need pushing. But people need to be safe. They need to know that there will be no punishment for failing. Um, because when you fail, if you can try again, then you can learn from that failure. That is growth mindset. It is an essential part of growing and learning, being able to fail. And um, we understand that as educators, I think, a lot, but we often don't change the systems that also punish kids um, when they don't produce perfect work. And so um, some of the talks that I've had with a lot of educators lately in, revolve around giving kids a chance to try again, um, giving kids opportunities to, you know, take the test, study it and take it again. Um, as many times as you're willing to try as a learner, I am willing to give you that opportunity to grow and learn as an educator. And I think that's an important um, relationship to have if you really want your students to develop a growth mindset. From a parent standpoint, um, not focusing on grades so much, you know, recognizing that it, as long as your child is showing growth, in whatever areas they are learning, then they are doing the work of learning and they're doing what we want them to be doing. The only thing that I punish my kids for is not trying, not, not even putting in the effort, right? So yeah. if you can set up systems where the effort is rewarded instead of the, the product, you know, that we reward how hard they worked instead of that they got straight A's, is an important part of developing that growth mindset in our kids. It's so hard because effort seems subjective and that right. is very objective, you know? Yeah. Um, and we as parents, are are your kiddos in Epic or are they not in Epic? My kids are graduated. My youngest is 18. What? You do not look old enough to have an 18 year old, but okay. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> uh, as, as parents in Epic, I mean, our, my teacher comes once or twice a week, you know, and that we're blessed uh, in that. I know that. Um, but for the most part, it's me with my kids. And and I've got a chair that sits right next to me. So when Jolene comes in and she needs help with, you know, uh, her geography, she's ready to go. And um, it's, it's so hard because we're the ones with them 80 or 90% of the time. Um, and so it's really easy to slip into your room's not clean, you're not doing your schoolwork, the dishes aren't done, and bringing all these things that aren't even school-related into mm. the conversation about school. And as a, as a mama, it was really difficult. I think it took me about four years, and that's a long time, 
four years of educating my own kiddo before I kind of finally started to realize, oh gosh, I need to compartmentalize a little bit more because I can't be bringing your muddy shoes into this school conversation. You know I, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can't be bringing your, your unclean room into this conversation about school because you're stacking at that point and you're stacking things that um, are just going to shut the kid down. And I still have to remind myself of that every once in a while because I'm a human and I still, you know, punish verbally. But, um, but it took me about four years to realize how to be a mama as well as a teacher. And it, it was yeah. hard, Emily. It was really hard. I it often was- tell my parents, I don't know how you do it. Because <laughs> I didn't do that as a parent. My kids just went off to their brick and mortar schools. But I can tell you now, if my kids were younger now, they would be an epic. And, um, and I just have the utmost respect for epic parents because it is so hard to balance that. And I think that that is kind of my next point is I think it's important for our kids to see us have our own growth mindset journey and, and use the language and be vulnerable ourselves. One of the things I teach my students, teachers, parents, anybody who will listen is the power of yet. So just changing the narrative in our mind, when we say something like, I can't do this, I always have a, you can't do that yet. And I'm not going to lie to somebody and say, no, you can do this. They can't do it. I mean, obviously they're not doing it. So you can't do this. Yes, you're right. But the word is yet. You can't do it yet. And when you put that on the end of a negative or a I can't sentence, it completely transforms what what that is in our mind from a negative, it's never going to happen to a, it it can happen, but it's going to require the effort. Yeah. It's going to require the work. And, and I often say to students and parents and teachers and anybody else who will listen also that, um, yes, maybe you're not doing that right now, but if you will put in the hard work, you will get there. That is this going to be easy? No, I can't promise that, but I can promise you I'm here with you through that journey and I will help you. You're not alone. And that's huge for so, um, changing that. Next question is going to be really tough. Um, We've gone through a lot of change this year. I mean, everything's different. We've got new systems. We've got Schoology. We've got the new grade book. We've got, I mean, just so many new things this year. And I'm finding, uh, and I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be digging in as well with that fixed mindset. Like, I cannot do all these things. How do you as an administrator foster growth mindset in your teachers and how can other administrators, how can, how can Bart foster growth mindsets in um, his administrators when it seems like the world is kind of stacked against them? Yeah, that is a really tough question, Erin. And I was thinking about this a lot last night when I knew I was going to do this today. Um, I think the first and most important thing we do as leaders and administrators at Epic is create safe spaces, intentionally create safe spaces. And there has to be intention. You can't just be vulnerable all the time with your teachers and call that a a space where it's okay to be vulnerable because you're being vulnerable. And that's important. It is important for you to be vulnerable, but it's also important for you to create a space where they can actually be vulnerable through the process. And the reason for that is because we will, as administrators, often be disconnected 
from what is happening with teachers, what's happening with parents, what's happening with students, unless our teachers feel comfortable and our parents feel comfortable being able to come to us and say, this is hard and it's it's not working or I can't do this or I'm having this crisis and I need your help prioritizing or whatever it is in order for us to truly be able to support them. We have to create a space intentionally where they are not going to be punished for not being perfect. Mm. We have to recognize that perfection is not the goal. Growth is the goal as an organization. No organization is perfect. And if we as administrators have a fixed mindset or believe that, you know, this is just going to be perfect, um, we can we can be very punitive with our teachers and our and our students and not create a space intentionally where they feel safe saying this isn't working can we change it we use the word pivot a lot at epic and i think that's a super growth mindset term and we need to keep talking about things like that it's safe and it's good to pivot and sometimes we need to um i think we have to realize that innovation takes bravery and bravery takes vulnerability yes and and as leaders and administrators, we're not the only ones capable of innovating. And in fact, we miss out on a lot of amazing, brilliant minds when we don't create a space where our teachers and parents and even our students feel safe coming through and saying, I have this great idea. Um, so we have to intentionally create a space where everybody can innovate. And and in order to do that, it has to be safe. Man, I, I really love several of the things you said. Uh, I remember I was a principal for two years here. And I just remember asking my bosses for grace uh, from time to time. I'm like, listen, I know you've got the things that you track, but I'm going to look off on that for a while. By the end, it will all come through. And I just remember asking for trust and grace when it came to some of those Mm -hmm. because, you know, it it makes me look bad. And that was something I'm not a big fan of looking bad. I need to look, and that's my control freak in me. I just need to look like I've got it all together. Um, but I remember thinking, okay, I'm, it's okay. I'm just going to look bad on this spreadsheet for a minute. But in the end, it always came through, you know, in the end, I was an A teacher. In the end, I had majority A teachers. In the end, we, we looked great. Uh, but I just remember thinking, gosh, I'm the lowest guy on the totem pole at, in the spreadsheet, you know, for week after week until I'm not. And and I was really um, proud and and honored to be a part of some teams that that let that happen um, because it's hard. I mean, you know, my boss has a boss and, and right. it's you know, that's a lot of uh, I'm asking a lot of that person to to trust me. And uh, as Teachers, we're asking parents to trust us and that this will get done too. And and we're all going to be in this together. And uh, I think that is such an important point in the growth mindset as a whole. It's messy. Oh, gosh. The process is messy. It's not pretty. It's It doesn't look right or good or like what we expected to. Um, but the end result is a beautiful thing. And we can look back with pride when we've accomplished something. But the the process while you're in it, while you're learning, it's going to be messy and it's going to be chaotic and it's going to be a lot of failure and a lot of tears, possibly, and vulnerability and asking for grace and trust that, um, you know, we, we do not really want to ask for because we want to look like we have it all together. But that's just not what learning and growth look like. Okay, last question. 
how do you celebrate a student when you recognize that they've overcome negative talk or or a fixed mindset? How do you celebrate that kiddo? I think the most important thing is that you celebrate the effort. You celebrate the fact that you saw how hard they tried. And <clears throat> sorry, when you are when you are celebrating the end results, the the product, you're you're reiterating a fixed mindset. So you're saying this, this perfect product, this is what I always want to see from you. This is the the thing that I always want to see when really what, what we all need to hear as humans is you did a great job. And I saw you through that process that that wasn't easy for you. And I, and I saw how hard you tried. And when you praise the effort, you reiterate in that person that that is where the value lies is in the effort. It's in the hard work. It's in the vulnerability and the bravery and not necessarily in whatever the outcome was. So vulnerable moment here again, as a mama, I've got a kiddo in tennis and a kiddo in gymnastics and tennis has just started for, for the one, but gymnastics had been going on for many years and she's quit gymnastics, but I remember, and she needed to, cause her body is like broken right now. She's 12 years old and has had two surgeries and could have a third. But um, I remember saying, like, that was a beam routine. That is awesome. Right. Uh, you know, and every time we'd leave gymnastics, I'd say, yes, you got a 9.7, but here's what you did if you want to get that 10. And I'm always coaching on the side and never really satisfied. And, and that's my kid who may have OCD. Like, every, can you imagine the internal dialogue going on in her head? In four and a half and five hours of gym practice, four days a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. not only is that just too much, but here she's got an internal dialogue because her mama's coaching after the coaching and and praising the routine and the this and not that, gosh, you just did a back handspring on a balance beam that's three inches or four inches wide. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yes. I was, can you imagine what I've done to her? Sorry, this is just like uh, me processing in the moment right now. (laughs) But I do know I read something um, maybe like two, three months ago, Emily, that uh, talks about stop being a coach to your kids because they have a coach. What they need is a parent. And what they need to hear is you looked great out there today. I love watching you play. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're having so much fun out there. What a great time, you know, versus hey, you did swing, you you hit three at-bats, you know, great job, but you were at-bat, you know, four times, what happened, you know, or right. if you just kept your eye on the ball, if you, they don't need another coach, they need a parent, and um, and I, I am trying really hard to celebrate the, like you said, the effort, and the, the, just the doing it in general, gosh, it's, it's hard work to get out there day after day, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes, I think, gosh, there was an hour of strength and conditioning before she ever got on an apparatus in the gym that's she had she had a 12 pack man (laughs) you know that's amazing that's amazing hard work yeah what am i i'm a horrible human actually you're normal and uh parent guilt is a normal part of our growth as parents um i have it everybody has it if you don't have parent guilt you probably aren't reflecting on your parenting Um, it's a normal part of life. Just like making mistakes is how we learn. It's all a part of it. 
Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you rewarding my effort there. So thank you for that. It's like so just ingrained in you. You're so good at this. Um, okay. So we have got tons of resources for you in today's show notes. Um, gosh, I added two for, for families and then you're like, hold on, I got tons. So you've, you've thrown like, there's like 12 or 13 things in here that you guys can, if you want to dig in more, if you want to know more about this, if you're recognizing that you're hitting some of these pitfalls as a teacher, as a parent, as a student, um, go check out the resources and see what we've got uh, here for you and, and dig into the world of growth mindset as well. Emily, any last words before we let go? I just appreciate the opportunity to be on here and to chat with you and get to know you, Erin. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world. And we're done. 36 minutes. That was a good one. You're amazing. I had no idea. Like, I just want to come to your house and hang out and drink coffee and chat all day. I think you can have a good time. Oh my gosh. No, no doubt. You're awesome. This I was like, I was so happy to get to know you like this. This was was so awesome. Me too. Me too. I appreciate it. Well, I'm going to call you about diversity and inclusion. I am so here for that. Yes. Thank you. I won't get a big head. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait till you hear yourself, girl. Uh, Um, Yeah. I'm actually a little bit nervous about that. When is it going to be out? um, Let me look look, at it looks like November 8th. Okay. Yay. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it. Have an awesome day. You too. Bye.